Alrighty, shalom and welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the very first episode of the year 5779. Shalom and welcome, everybody, to Brutal Planet, right here on Yeshiva Radio. Now, many of you guys are accustomed to uh, also being have given the option of a video version as well. We ended up doing a teaching earlier today on the uh, on this week's Torah portion. And we also ended up doing one Friday that is only exclusively in the video version. Let me go ahead and explain why that is. Because of the fact that, um, first of all, uh, on Friday, you guys know that we have our Zoom study. And we usually try and post those uh, MP3s up um, in the podcast for the on-demand subscribers and all that stuff in terms of the audio version. And what ended up happening was at various points my... The uh, uh, my microphone was not working at uh, on, on there, and it was coming through the sound that is through the iPad through the microphone that's already built into the iPad. And so, one this is one of the things that always happens when uh, new Mac software is updated is that you know you got to you know when you're using headphones and a microphone, you got to kind of you know, maneuver around and figure out how to get the two working together. <laughs> and so, you know, it's one of the very small drawbacks to Apple devices, you know, and so we had to deal with that. And then we ended up having um, a Torah portion teaching earlier today for this week's Torah portion. And I decided I was going to be smart. I was going to wear the lapel mic and have it go through the video and then have the radio mic as well going to the laptop. What ultimately ended up happening was there was a cord that went bad. We have two cords that go to our phantom power. And one of them ended up going bad. And so there was all this clicking and all this stuff. And I was like, well, maybe I can use the audio from the video through the lapel mic. <coughs> and so I attempted to go and do that. And the thing is that when I'm in a wide open space... The echo's not so bad and the background is not so bad, but in such a conf small confined space, which is our studio, um, you know, it doesn't sound as good. So I was like, you know what, considering that we have 150,000 people who download uh, the podcast version each and every single week and also air it on the radio as well, the issue is that... Um, that, that, that first of all, that that's not the, the foot I want to put forward of just bad-sounding audio. Not bad, but subpar from what it is that you guys are used to for new subscribers. So if you guys want those archives, you can find those on YouTube and also find them on Vimeo. You can also download the video version podcast that is also um, in the podcast app on your Apple devices. Okay, and also, I will. I don't think we have the video in Google Play, and I don't think we have it in TuneIn Radio, but we do have it um, on Vimeo, on YouTube, as well as iTunes, okay? So, you can go and get those there. And so, today, there's not a video version. <laughs> what are you trying to do? Counter the balance there? No, no, not, not, not necessarily. Basically, today I hadn't been feeling all that great, and I had to do two radio shows here today. And um, the thing is, <coughs> that first of all, I wanted to do it as simplistic as possible, and I didn't want to have to go and get all dressed up and look all nice for the camera. Okay, so I decided to just, you know, 
wear my usual frumpy clothes whenever it is I'm at home and didn't feel like getting dressed up. So you guys just get the audio version here. So this is an audio exclusive as we had two video exclusives. Okay, so uh, those of you who are listening, make sure to go and subscribe on iTunes to either the video or the MP3 podcast there if you have a device that um, doesn't have all that, uh, have a great amount of uh, storage space then I would suggest the MP3s. But uh, today's episode, what we're going to be discussing here today, is something that I have seen pop up from and questions in terms of this from many believers all across the Guf HaMashiach, whether that be in the body of Messiah, whether that be in Christendom, whether it be in the Messianic faith, the Hebrew Roots Movement, as well as my faith, the Lapid Jewish faith as well. This is something that uh, I've, I could have sworn that I've done an episode on this, you know, in the past 15 years, and I was shocked to see that I never have. And it's something that has affected a great deal of believers' lives in some way, shape, or form. So I'm just stunned that I have never done a teaching in the 2,000 archives that it is that we have, on this premise. And it's the premise of pornography. The thing that I found to be an ultimate shock from many of the uh, conversations that I had been seeing on social media is that I expected a vast majority, if not all, hopefully all, of the Guf HaMashiach, the body of Messiah, go and condemn the use of pornography in any way, shape, or form. The thing that I found to be rather shocking, however, was that 50% of individuals that I had seen on social media when this discussion had popped up had said, well, they're not committing adultery, they're not doing anything wrong, and so, therefore, you know, it's just, you know, them going and uh, taking care of certain needs and wants and desires without actually going and stepping into sin. This is a horrible, horrible excuse and horrible analysis. Now, the thing is that I should have seen this coming. I should have seen some of these answers that I've seen coming. Why do I say that? Because one of the things that I have noticed in the Guf HaMashiach, the supposed Guf HaMashiach, or Body of Messiah, on social media, is that we'll see many people, and you've seen it yourself, individuals who proclaim that they love the Messiah, they love God, they love the Torah of Hashem, they love the Bible. They're constantly quoting Bible verses. And then these same individuals see an attractive woman that adds them on social media. And you start to see the real them when that happens. You would not believe how many screenshots we have seen all throughout social media from individuals who are pastors people who are supposed rabbis, people who are teachers 
and the Guf Hamashiach, people who are very influential, making sexual passes at women who are either single, married, or dating. This has become an epidemic. This has become an epidemic. And it's and we should have seen this coming, considering the fact that social media, one of the things that we remember from the early 2000s is that people would constantly say, it's a place where I can go to anonymously. I could reinvent myself through social media. I could put on this persona. And we see many people going and doing this very thing. And the thing is that... You know, one of the things that I have seen back when it was that I was one of the traveling teachers that traveled with a certain group of teachers, many of which that you have heard of, is that you would see certain things that they would teach on, you know, things like YouTube, Vimeo, you know, and, uh, you know, on their subscription sites. And then behind closed doors, they were much different people. They realized that the Messianic faith and the Hebrew roots are essentially great for marketing. You would not believe how many times that we have seen individuals go and say, you know what, this teacher, I had a sexual relationship with them and they're married. Didn't surprise me at all because of the fact that I had seen this happen over and over and over again. One such teacher, as a matter of fact, was arrested last year. Somebody whom I thought that I knew rather well. And he was arrested because he had just recently gotten married. I actually counseled him by going through Rabbi Shalom Arush's The Garden of Peace, A Marital Guide for Men. I was expecting him to have a great marriage. But the fact is, this was an individual who was not within my community. This was not an individual who it is that I have sat, sat across the table with. And here is where the issues come. <laughs> because of this. We see that there was this persona that he put on to his new wife and to their daughter. A couple of months after being married, there was child pornography found on his laptop and on his cell phone. There was also the little girl that was his stepdaughter came forward and said that he had touched her and had penetrated her and had been inappropriate to her. This was devastating across his synagogue. This was devastating across the body of believers that he was in communion with. Not many people saw this coming. I know I certainly didn't. I talked with him, you know, uh, you know, far more than the most, the most other people. And then I see believers, you know, going and commenting to pictures of, you know, attractive women on online. Hey, baby, how you doing? Oh, you know, uh, uh, hey, I sent you a private message. You know, and the thing about it was I used to be one of these scumbags. Let's be flat out open and honest. I used to be a scumbag. You know, I used to have a revolving door of women up until about eight years ago. That's the honest to goodness truth. I'm being honest with you because of the fact that many of you have been through this very same thing. As a matter of fact, when I was in college, at Brevard College, I was a DJ at a strip club. I was actually booted 
from a messianic radio station because of the fact that I disclosed that very thing when asked about it. I was told to lie about it. I was told to put on a persona for people, and I said no. I said, me being an individual with Asperger's Syndrome, I believe that first of all, I need to be honest with my audience. I think they deserve, if they are going to have me teach them, that they deserve to know a little bit about me. They deserve to know about my past, my present, and wherever it is that it is that I want to go in my faith and within that of my personal life. I believe that that is owed to them. They saw it as much different. They said, you need to sound more like this person, that person. I ended up getting the boot because of that. Had a very popular show there, but got the boot because of the fact of something that I've heard said to me over and over again. You need to learn to play the game. I refuse to play the game. I believe in being open and honest with you guys about my past. I believe in being open and honest with you guys about the person that it is that I am. And that is uh, what I think makes this radio show a lot different. And so we're going to be covering this premise here today of, of pornography, and we're going to be doing it in a way that I cover everything else. Though this is a very sensitive subject, because this, you know, a, a subject that we have never talked about on this radio program, and it's something that people just normally don't talk about. But see, the thing about it, though, is that as you guys know, at the same time, we like to, first of all, um, keep you guys listening through that of just, you know, me being me. I'm a big goofball at times. And so the thing about it, though, is that that will be a part of this episode. But however, the seriousness of the matter is going to be the focus. Okay, so, so we're going to try and not to make this all cringeworthy on you. Okay, by dis discussing these things that do definitely need to be discussed. Now, one of the things that I'm going to refer to, first of all, is a book by Shmuley Bateach. Anybody know who Shmuley Bateach is? Shmuley Bateach um, had a TV show called uh, Shalom in the Home. He also um, has written several books. One of my favorites is called Kosher Jesus, where he goes and says that it is, you know, he's an Orthodox uh, individual. He's not a believer in Yeshua, but he goes and he says that, you know, within that of the Jewish community, it's perfectly kosher to believe in Yeshua as the Messiah. It's totally kosher. As a matter of fact, he got in a big debate with Tovia Singer over that. But he's probably most famously known uh, to be Michael Jackson's spiritual advisor. But he wrote this book that was probably his big seller that is called Kosher Sex. And in many ways, it was kind of the precursor to Rabbi Shalom Arusha's Garden of Peace. But at the same time, he got into some of the things that, first of all, that uh, Rabbi Shalom Arusha doesn't. Rabbi Shalom Arush doesn't talk about uh, sexual relations too much. There is one small part in there in terms of married couples, in terms of sex, that is referred to. He refers to it. He doesn't even want to call it sex. He calls it her time. Okay? And we'll, we'll probably get, get, get into that. But what, what Shmuley Bateach was saying is that um, married believers... You know, married uh, Jewish couples should, you know, uh, the, the whole stories of, you know, there being a hole in the sheet and all that stuff. And that's how that's not the way that it happens. OK, and he actually encourages, you know, married couples to, you know, have fun, go crazy in the bedroom, you know, to be able to enjoy one another.
during that time. Get a little goofy. You know, get a little kinky. That's fine. That's fine. But where the line is drawn, the line is drawn whenever it is not with your spouse and not just action, but in thought. This is the very thing that we see our Melech Mashiach. We see Yeshua going and saying that if you even look at a woman in lust, you have already committed adultery with her in your heart. Now, the thing about it, though, is at the same time, one of the things that we, that we see here, first of all, is that when a person is watching pornography, and this is what the, some of the cringeworthy parts of this episode, what is the reason for watching pornography? Well, so somebody can go and yerk their kirkin and go and, uh, uh, you know, uh, go and finish is the best way to put it to finish that's the reason why it is that, that they're that they're doing it now they're getting sexually aroused by the thing that they are watching on either a um a, you know a, a mobile device or on a television or on a computer or something like that when they are watching these particular things they are becoming sexually aroused by somebody that they don't even know let alone somebody that they're not even married to. Now, one of the excuses I have seen is that people say, well, we use it in our marriage to make our marriage better, to make our sex life in our marriage better. Now, the thing about it, though, is at the same time, this as well is not kosher. People try and say, well, it's for educational purposes. You know, th this is this is the justification. I want to learn how to please my wife in bed, and it is for educational purposes. Let me tell you something. That's a lie. <laughs> Hate to tell you, but that is a lie. You will see many people who are addicted to pornography who will try every single avenue possible to justify their actions. They will, they will do it to say that, first of all, well, it's better that I don't act upon an impulse by physically going and having sex with somebody. Or it is better that I am able to please my wife, but better by going and watching these things to learn how to do certain things that I may be inadequate in. But notice that throughout these entire things, the wife is out of the, out of the equation each and every single time. It is out of the equation. Now, the thing is that when Yeshua goes and makes that statement, that even if you look at a woman in lust, you have already committed adultery with her in your heart, he's talking about a concept that is known as Yetzirah, which is the inner Satan, the evil inclination that we all have within us that we have to battle each and every single day. <coughs> the Bible tells us in Philippians chapter 4, verse 8, to focus our attention on the things that are good, that are pure, that are that are that are trustworthy, that are of good report, and all of these things, and not the things that it is that uh, some do within that of the shadows. When we go and we feed the monster that is within the shadows, the job of the Yetzirah then is fulfilled by Rabbeinu Bachia. Rabbeinu Bachia goes and says in his commentary on Havot Lahavot, duties of the heart. He says 
that the goal of the Yetzahara, the inner Satan, is ultimately to kill you. And what's a good way to get a person to kill, to be killed by that of the Yetzahara? For the Yetzahara is the spiritual thing. So physically, it can't go and choke you, it can't shoot you with a gun, can't stab you in the back. Can't do any of these physical things. But what can it do? What it can do is, first of all, cause your mind to go somewhere else. To focus in on the things that are the antithesis of the things that we mentioned in Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. And so with that antithesis being the focus, we then are incapable of fulfilling commandments. We then become incapable of serving God. We then focus our attention upon the things that are in the shadows. We focus in our, our attention upon the things that are within the shadows. Many people who focus in on things like conspiracy theory, who focus in on quote-unquote shadow government, who focus in on all of these negative things, are individuals who focus in on the dark. Whether things are real or made up, they focus their attention on these things, and it ultimately destroys them from within. Paranoia sets in. Distrust towards others come in. But yet, this sexual need is being flourished and sprouted out from this little seed that comes from pornography and masturbation. And so what happens is, we see them give in to that so that it could grow. They need more. They need more. It's like a drug addict in many ways. They act upon the impulse as they stay within that of the shadows and focus in on the things that are dark. The thing that I noticed is that every single individual who is a conspiracy theorist and who gets into all this crazy stuff of secret societies and aliens and Book of Enoch and all of this garbage always has issue with that of their marriage. Why? Because of the fact that they are not focusing on the right way to fulfill mitzvahs, which is all through shalom, through ahavat, and through Samcha. Instead, they see the Bible as an instruction manual that is uh, kind of, um, in many ways, like, uh, um, you know, like written instructions that are uh, uh, down to put together a table, as opposed to realizing that the Torah starts with the letter Bet and ends with the letter Lamed, which if we put the two together, we get the word for Lev, for heart. This is why it is that Yeshua says, where your treasure is, that's where your heart is. And so the question is that a person who is engulfing themselves in the attributes of pornography and watching pornography and uh, masturbation and all of these things, their treasure is within the things that are dark and it will destroy their marriage, it will destroy their entire being. And so what happens is the person who has who has not killed their Yetzahara daily and focuses their attention on the things that are good, what ultimately ends up happening is when that paranoia sets in. 
And when all of these other things start to affect attributes of your life, of your focus, you make yourself more susceptible to not only sexual immorality, but at the same time, drug use, alcohol use. You know, uh, well, you know, alcohol use isn't a bad thing, but, you know, drinking too much is definitely a bad thing. And, in, and drugs and, and all these other things. You're dying from within. And also, as that paranoia builds because of all of these things, acting as a fuel for that paranoia and ultimately the Yetzirah. What happens is that oftentimes we see individuals going and taking their life. Or we see that it is that they've overdosed on something. Or they've gotten into a drunk driving accident. Or they've gone and killed somebody else. And because of that, they themselves get the death penalty. We see how this snowball effect happens. But we have, every, but we have people so often go and say, that's not going to be me. They say, in moderation, it's going to be all right. But in Ecclesiastes chapter 10, it goes and it tells us how a very small thing, a very little fly that gets dropped into a bottle of perfume, how that can cause the entire bottle of perfume to stink and to become no good. That's how it is that we need to look at the influence in that of our life when it comes to things such as pornography. Many of us, I guarantee you, know of somebody who has had their lives destroyed by that of pornography because they have had their marriages destroyed by that of pornography. Now, I want us to refer to a story that is found in Kabbalistic literature. In ancient Jewish Kabbalistic literature that uh, Hollywood has taken way out of context big time. And I actually get questions about this rather often. I get asked about Lilith. You guys ever heard the story of Lilith? How Lilith was the first wife of Adam? And she didn't fit the role that it was that she was supposed to fit. And so God went and created Hava, created Eve. You guys have all heard this story? And you've seen how it is that Hollywood has gone and taken it and treated it as though it's a, it's a literal story, that, it, that it's something that actually ended up happening. They go and they uh, make uh, movies about Lilith being a vampire. You even have a character on one of my favorite TV shows of all time, Cheers, that is named Lilith, that is kind of um, modeled after uh, this, this concept. In fact, Lilith in... Uh, who is Fraser's wife within that of uh, Cheers, is uh, actually Jewish, you know. And so, you know, many people don't pick up on that comedic element there. I kind of, you know, I was like, oh, I know what they're doing here, you know. Um, but the thing about it, though, is the story of Lilith is all Agadah and Midrashim, story and folklore. And much in the same way, you guys remember the Rocky and Bullwinkle cartoons where they would have the the these stories that were to teach a lesson and all that stuff. That's the way Agadad Midrashim work. That's they they work the exact same way. That's the purpose of Agadad Mid, Mid, Midrashim. It is it is to convey a point, and the point was to teach and to scare young boys into not uh, you know going and having too much fun with themselves when they go to bed and the doors closed and all those things and uh, nocturnal emissions. We also end up going and seeing within that of the Torah itself where the seed is being spilled when it is that um, 
you know, uh, he didn't finish inside of his wife and all that stuff. We ended up, many of us are familiarized with that story. And the reason why God took such great issue with it is because of the fact that uh, maybe it was that he was supposed to bear a child with his wife at that time. It was God's ordained time to do so. But also at the same time, one of the things that we realize through science today is that there are four pheromones that are given off when a sexual, uh, when sexual intercourse takes place. And these pheromones, many people have said, well, you know, it's a soul tie. And, you know, it, that's a very accurate statement, I would say. A very accurate statement because these pheromones are, are given off to where it is that, you know, even the Bible goes and makes marriage this very physical thing. It says that he came to her. We see that it says that about Adam to Eve, showing how it is that the concept of being echad, becoming one with a person's wife, is a part of him going and having that intercourse with her that sets that as the point in which it is that they are married. Now, some people will take this way out of context. We've seen the Hebrew Roots Movement do this and a lot of the perversion that we find there. They go and they, you know, are trying to get somebody in bed and they have full intention that if things go bad with breaking up with them. But they say, wait a minute here. If I, if, if we have sex, then, you know, basically, you know, you are, you, you are my wife or you are my husband. If, if, if we go and do, and, and, and do this, we don't need to go through the, uh, we don't need to go through the legal system and going and doing that. That's man's government and all that stuff. You know, we don't need to go to the synagogue and all of this stuff. And they will, you know, try and build a case for a reason of having sex with an individual. And they will say, well, this is a biblical marriage. This is, you know, the way that it's actually done. And the thing about it, though, is let me tell you something. Women, any man who tries this is just simply trying to get you in bed. That's it. That's it. He, he will, in time, go and leave you very soon. I've seen many people who have done this many different times. And so, women, I want you to be on guard of, 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 the, of this. Now, the question then becomes, how is it that a person can go and guard themselves from being that object of desire outside of marriage. We have many uh, laws in terms, of, um, in terms of modesty within that of Judaism. Because of the fact, let me tell you something, women. When you're out there flashing everything for the world to see, they're not going to see the real woman that you are. No man is ever going to see that. They're not going to see what it is that makes you you, the internal things, the things that ultimately make you beautiful and the things that will last a lifetime. Your, your, your physical beauty is going to fade and it's going to go. The fact is that when we put these images out of, you know, certain body parts hanging out and all, and all these other things, we take away from the person that it is that we are and instead propagate something that will wither away, pass away and die. And you will end up if you are ended up, end up, uh, you know, being, being married or dating somebody who is attracted to mainly those things, as opposed to the person that you are inwardly, then the fact is that it's only a matter of time before it's going to end. It's only a matter of time. 
And that's the honest to goodness truth. I remember my uh, late fiance, whenever it is that uh, she was a very physically beautiful woman. Very physically beautiful. And she would constantly go and be uh, messaged by people on social media because she was beautiful. And it was so stressful to her because, you know, like, like myself, she also had Asperger's syndrome. And so the thing that was so stressful for her was getting these messages. And she felt that she had to send me all of them. And I said, honey, here's what you need to do. Just get rid of all pictures of yourself that are on your social media platforms and just put up, you know, I don't know, artist renditions of your show or something like that. Go and do that instead. You know, and she ended up doing that and those things stopped. And people then became focused on what it was she was saying and what it was that that her theological points were and the woman that it was that she is or or that it is that she was. That's what people started to become focused in on. And so women, I got to tell you, the thing about it, though, is that if you go and, you know, you're trying to attract somebody by, you know, your physical appearance and all and all these things, you are heading for a world of hurt and a world of disaster. I promise you that. I promise you that. Because what's going to happen is any little pervert is going to try and weasel his way in there based upon those things as opposed to the things that last a very long time. Because, again, remember, with pornography, the thing is that a person is sexually attracted to somebody for a duration of 10 to 15 minutes. For 10 to 15 minutes or however long it takes for them to, you know, finish themselves self off. And then, forgotten. Forgotten after that. And so that's something to understand. That's something to realize. Now, the question that many of you guys are probably wondering to yourselves is, Christopher, you said you used to have a revolving door of women. How is it that you broke yourself of this? Now, here, for first, first of all, let me be honest with you. I've been going through this route of trying to observe the Tarif Hashem. Implementing more and more every day for 15 years. 15 years. I've been a believer in Messiah for close to 20 now. Close to 20. And the thing is that you've heard me say that the revolving door and all those things that I used to be doing stopped eight years ago. Why? Why at that point? Why not 15 years ago? Why not even 20 years ago when I first became a believer? Why is that? Because this addiction of sexual gratification is something that is so deep. And what ultimately ended up happening was the, the individual that I mentioned before, my late fiance who passed away from cancer. This was a woman who had only been with one other man her entire life. And that was her late husband who passed away about a year and a half before her and I had gotten together. She had only kissed one other person. She was an individual who inspired me, still inspires me today, though that it is that she's gone, still inspires me. And I say to myself, 
she, in many ways, is the person that I wish I was. That I wish I would become. That I should have been. And I was saying to myself, this is a woman who has cancer, who has done nothing wrong. Nothing wrong. And yet, here I am. At that time, a pack-a-day cigarette smoker. You know, and uh, find myself engaging in nocturnal emission. And all these things. Why is it that she was affected and not me? I should have been the one with cancer. And this really, in many ways, started my entire discussion within this and my entire study within this concept of what it meant to be a chad, how it was a physical thing and how it is that none of the women that I had ever dated before her or were quote-unquote friends with ever amounted to her level. Never could, never will. For me, that is. For me. And so with that, I was saying to myself, you know, this very idea, whenever it is that we get into this after marriage and all this stuff, you know, it has to be treated as this holy thing. And I need to understand these things that it is that we had just discussed within this episode here today. I needed to understand these things. I needed to know what it meant when it is that I am sexually aroused in that of marriage, what it means to be one with my wife, or as Rabbi Shalom Arush calls it, her time. Why is it called her time? It's called her time because ultimately she decides when these things take place and when it is holy and when it's not. If she's in the mood of, okay, yeah, yeah, you know, just to get you to leave me alone, we'll go ahead and do this, then it's not her time. But, however, when it is her time, it is this most beautiful thing that it is that you could ever imagine. And it's a part of the um, the dividends, if you will, of your investment within her, in her shalom, and everything that makes, you know, uh, that brings about shalom ba'is. I don't want to say it's an award, but in many ways, it's when the two are functioning together as a unit. This is why it is that when you see married couples who have marital bliss, you ultimately end up seeing that they operate as one. They have the same taste for certain foods. They may have the same kind of humor. They they may like the same kind of movies. And, and the thing about it, though, is that this wasn't always the case with them. There was this thing that kind of caused them to kind of mold together and fuse together to become one. And one of the things that did that is through is through the uh, them becoming one. And as the Bible says, he came to her. You know, it is through that very thing. And so these are things that it is that we ultimately need to understand. Is there any way, shape, or form where it is that pornography is beneficial or is okay for that of a believer in Messiah. doesn't matter if you're a Christian, doesn't matter if you're Jewish. Is there any case where it is that it is okay? 
No. An emphatic no. As a matter of fact, the new believers, it says in Acts chapter 15, one of the things that it is that they had to abstain from was sexual immorality. And so, the thing about it though, is that considering that that is one of the first of four things, first of just four things, mentioned within Acts 15, where it is that they start out, that's one of the big ones. We really need to be a little bit more serious about this, realizing how it affects our lives. Many people go and talk about this who do talk about it, and they sensationalize it in many ways to bring forth the points. I take a different route. I don't take the conspiratorial route like a lot of people do, but at the same time, the thing that we do have to realize is that sex within that of marriage is something that is holy. It is something good. It is okay if it gets a little wacky. But outside of it, while watching a screen with somebody on it that you don't even know, that may be physically attractive and very talented in some ways, that, however, is not. Ladies and gentlemen, I hope and I pray that this teaching has been a blessing to each and every single one of you. Um, make sure to go and subscribe to us on iTunes. And I'm going to wish each and all of, all of you guys shalom bracha. Peace and a blessing. Shalom.